Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bork, and this is my dog, Dottie. Uh, she's going to be my sidekick for wherever, as long as I can uh, keep her alive. She's actually 10 years old now, so it's actually deadly to have a, a co-presenter. Uh, yeah, this is the toured live intro for the videos. Uh, it's getting easier, absolutely getting easier. I was fucking shitting before I decided to do this. The first couple were really difficult. This is a little bit easier. It's getting easier. Uh, I'm very self-conscious. I was looking back at some of the videos now and I was looking going, Jesus Christ, I'm t- doing all sorts of things. But look, it is what it is. Hopefully it'll get better and it's easier viewing for you. Uh, I've got lots of feedback actually about the dog sitting on the couch. People have asked me about her. She's 10 years old. Uh, I have her since 2010. Uh, so I've have her nine years, but she's ten year old. Uh, bulldogs don't actually live that long, but she's uh, she's doing all right. She's a great dog. I bought her in England in two thousand and ten. Of my friend Sue Sue McIntyre, Mac Bullies in England. Our grandfather won Crufts uh, Sealeville Rebel is his name. Uh, yeah, so she's the the highest celebrity I've had on the show so far. So. Uh, you got to match that if you want to come on to the show. That's the kind of standard we're setting here. Okay, so, uh, yeah, myself and the lads, Kev, the technical legend, have been chatting about whether we'll do intros or not. And you know what? I'd actually like to keep doing them. It gives me the opportunity to reflect back on the podcasts and, uh, and give you a little insight to what I learned, whether about the person or the experience or the environment. That's really important for me, you know, and I just want to give that back. Because in the interview, I'm really only giving them an opportunity to talk. But I also have a, a thoughts and feelings and I want to share with you because that's important. And the people that I interview are people who I genuinely like, uh, you know, whether it be their profession or them as a person. And uh, so it, it will always be positive because I'm not going to interview some shy boy because I don't want uh, any kind of negativity behind the show anyway or any, anything conflicting. So it'll always be from a positive slant. Uh, so and I just want to give that kind of feedback back. You know, and I just, I like doing that reflective piece. So I think we're going to uh, keep doing it. Uh, as I say, me and Kev, the technical leg- legend, were talking about that. And he was like, maybe just jump straight into the interviews. But I don't know, I'm going to keep doing this. It's interesting. Uh, I was telling somebody the other day how we got started. Like how our team came about. And uh, I was telling her, a girl in the job. Aaron is related to me, my brother's wife, Joanne. So I asked him to come on the podcast uh, when I was maybe six, seven months into it and he came on board to do the social media. Uh, Kevin, he does the technical stuff and the editing of the show and all. Uh, His was a little bit different. Do you know when you've been walking to school, let's say a girl or a boy, for me a girl, and you've been walking to school for years and you ask them out and they say no and you ask them again and they say no, but then you just keep walking with them and then they're just your girlfriend, you've just decided that's kind of like what happened with me and Kev. I kept asking him to come on the podcast. And he kept saying, oh, busy. I'm building my gaff and all that. And I just kept rocking up to his gaff. And uh, asked him to do things on the podcast. Help me fix this. Help me fix that. Then I just put his name to one of the podcasts. And then just said, look, you're on the podcast. And well, now we're going out together. We're kind of married. So it was kind of an arranged marriage. So just laughing about that. You know, I just kept badgering him and badgering him. And he came on the podcast. But, but he's been brilliant. The same as Aaron. I'm lucky to have such a deadly team. And uh, they really, really helped me to keep me grounded. They stopped me going bonkers. I'm, I'm sure I drive them fucking bananas. But uh, the lads are there to put a bit of sanity in me. 
and hold me back when I'm going bonkers. But they're deadly and they're really uh, good lads to have on the team. So that's Kevin Doyle and Aaron Keogh. Thanks, you lads are brilliant. Okay, so last week's show was Liam Dale. Brilliant. I got some feedback about that. Uh, I work with Liam. Shared some brilliant insights. I, I just loved it. And there's a lot of commonality across all the podcasts. You know, the kind of peop- stuff that people are doing, whether it's the mindfulness, the, uh, the positive uh, thinking. There's loads and they're, they're kind of all kind of linking into each other. And that's kind of the, the, the stuff that I'm very passionate about. And it was brilliant to, uh, to have uh, Liam on. I thought it was a cracking interview. Uh, today's interview is with Craig O'Brien, Craig Dion O'Brien, a boxer that I met up in, in Warriors Gym when I was interviewing Pascal. That's why I'm, again, brilliant gym, brilliant experience. And Craig said he'd come on the show, and I've, I've been following Craig's career. I'll just check that this is all right. Uh, I've been following Craig's career from a distance over the years probably not as much as spikes and john o'carroll and that but i've been keeping an eye and i love boxing so it was brilliant to get an opportunity to go down to craig's house and do the interview pure inner city you know i'm from inner city's door was open the man the sister were there they invite me into the gap beautiful gap beautiful uh atmosphere and then we done the interview just talked about his life and his boxing career and just the path that he's been on you know you know, been in boxing, having a troubled past, anything, and back to boxing, and the, just his passion for boxing, his passion for life, his, his training, just oozes out of him, and it's, no matter what you do in life, uh, the love of it has to be there, and you can smell that up, you can feel this in the interview, and that's there, you know, and I don't know what money he's making, and as I always say, sport, uh, boxing's one of my favourite sports, and I don't think they're paid enough for the risk versus reward. But do you know what? I think him and, and other lads I've spoke to, they do it for fucking nothing. You know, and that comes out in the party. And that's brilliant. And if kids can take that from the interview themselves, you know, as you're growing up, if you do the thing that you love, it's not a job. It's just the thing that you love to do. And it makes it easier to go to work. And then we're not all blessed with that. You know, I didn't find out. I love what I do now, but I wasn't always blessed with that when I was growing up. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. But I'm lucky now I have a job that I love. And uh, back in McGrath's interview, Craig's been doing boxing all his life and he loves it. So, uh, yeah, look, have a listen to the interview. Uh, as always, let us know what you think. Uh, send us your feedback. Hopefully you're enjoying the, the video interviews. The first one was Skype and then it was Liam and now this. And hopefully going forward, we'll uh, keep rocking out the video interviews. Uh, I'm actually enjoying them as much as I'm uh, nervous doing them. I'm nervous now. It was interesting. I got feedback there the other night. Someone was saying to me, about the Pascal interview and it seemed, it seemed really confident and comfortable in that environment I do be shitting just like now I do be shitting I do be nervous I, I want to do a good job I want it to be good I want to be a good product I want this to be uh, a success so I get slightly nervous but you know what the, 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 the bigger picture is is that I want to do it so the nerves will just have to go to the side and fuck off you know and just keep doing it uh, as always, I'll thank Noel Royley from Rooney Graphics, Rooney Media, and uh, Carolyn Harvey from ISA Nutrition, our sponsors, the two lads, Aaron and Kevin. Thanks for your help. So look, have a look at the interview. Let us know what you think. As always, mind your little self and take care. Bye bye. Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds Podcast. I'm Matt Bork. On the show today, I've got Craig O'Brien. Craig, what's the crack? Not a lot, man. How's things? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me to your gaff. 
Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, it's good to be on it. Uh, podcasts are the way forward nowadays, aren't they? Absolutely. I love podcasts just for education and just fucking knowledge. They're just deadly. They're just like, as Blind Boy says, they're crafted uh, radio stations now. Yeah, me, me, me mate Daniel out of the gym, who, who we train with, obviously, uh, he put me under the cash box there a while ago, all about podcasts. He told me about the Blind, blind Boys ones also. And since then, I've been I've been on them, but like I have like ten different blame podcasts now. I check out all the time; they're addictive. Yeah, it's like but they're Netflix. very good. Yeah, yeah, but great knowledge from them and all. So I'm learning a lot off them. So yeah, it's good to be on this one. Delhi, yeah. Now look, I've asked you to come on the show today because you're a pro boxer, but also you've an interest in life, and I just want to get an interest or an insight to that. Uh, that club you're training in, the Celtic Warrior, savage. Yeah, Celtic Warriors gym. Yeah, it's great Fuck, some crack. Brilliant, brilliant. The boys, the boys now are like, like a family, you know. When I, when I first went out, it was like starting school again, you know. We get a, a little boy again, you know, going to a new place. But obviously everyone takes to everyone out there. Everyone's welcoming. And yeah, it's brilliant out there. Everyone's like a family. We have boys. You enjoy going out? Yeah, no, as I say, I done the interview with Pascal last week. And I went in, I kind of looked around, I count how many people were there. And everyone, as I said, went out of the way to acknowledge me, said hello, never met me before. And I thought, that sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could think going into a club, you might be a bit intimidated, you know, fucking these are all hard lads boxing. But everyone was hell's No, no. So yeah. you can have your assumptions about boxing clubs. Well, no, maybe others are like that. But that's not sound. Everyone was no, killed. No, definitely. Yeah, I, I spotted you out there as well. Yeah, but it tends to be like that with anybody that comes in, you know. You, yeah. could, you could be skipping there and Joe Bloggs will come in like, down now and be like, all right, buddy. And that, that's, that's just the way it is. But what, what I learned in the past few years, obviously I'm in boxing from young age, but... I only fell back into it a few years ago, but ninety percent of the boxers are like that. No matter where you go, they're, they're so nice and, and welcome and talking to you, and you know what I mean. Yeah. I think that's just the way boxers are. I think you see people on before fights and coming across as this person, but behind it all, it's it's not them at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think so, the discipline, the nice people, and that's that's the way most boxers are. I was watching you and Spike having a spar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, class. Is that is that the tempo of spars? When you're going through a camp, he has a fight coming up on Saturday. Is that the kind of the way they are? Do you know where people talk on the media about, oh, I knocked him out in spar and they've done this? That looked like a really good spar. And it was yeah, the, 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 that, that was a good spar. To be fair, the, the, that, that was a very good spar. But when, outside of all your talk and your yap and your friendly, but when you get in there, then it, it, it's sparring, sparring and at the end of the day, you know what I mean? And Spike will tell you that. Like, I get into sparring, Spike hit me a jab. I'd be like, to myself, you cunt, you know what I mean? Or I hit him a right hand and he'd be like, I ain't going to get you. And before you know it, it just it just escalates, you know. But the ego's in there, isn't it? Yeah, it just happens, you know. And that that that's the way it is. But I think I think that day w- w- wasn't an all-out war. You know what I mean? It was it was cautious and yeah, it looked and like the we were and working on stuff. And we were walking on new things, you know. So it's great to be learning all the time. He's uh, is he uh, junior middleweight, and you're super super welterweight. Yeah, well, this 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 that, that that's a good thing that they make it there because junior welterweight, junior welterweight. No, super welterweight. You're super welterweight and he's junior middleweight, is he? They're both the same. Are they? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, for so, fuck's sake. So, yeah, well, I was always looking at you. I was like, they look similar in size. And it took me a while to fucking figure that out as well. So if you're in America, you'd be like super, super welterweight. But if you're in Ireland or Europe, it's mainly like light middleweight. Right. So that's, you know what I mean? You can call it both of them. But he was a middleweight for a while, but he always made it easy. Right. So after the last fight, we went to Vegas in September. He boxed a meal. And he weighed in, the boat weighs 160. Mm. But on the night of the fight, I think Lemieux was like touching 180. Yeah, he was a beast. Yeah, I, th- that I, th- I think Spike was like, wasn't even 164. So he, he went up like, sweet fuck all, you know what I mean? So yeah. he knew then, you know what I mean, was to come down 
and, and, and they were at light middle because look at me look at, if, if me and his boy stand there I'm probably half a blade an inch or two taller than him I've seen that you know what I mean where he's smaller than me you know so he what what happens boy because years ago he got an opportunity at middleweight to fight and he took it and he won the belt mm. and he just stayed at middleweight you know? he carries so, a lot of power at that weight as well doesn't he he's quite heavy handed yeah I've seen that he's just one of them broad jumpers isn't he that like you see the back on the country you know? he's just one of them that just hits hard you yeah know? So, so I was hoping he'd knock out uh, Chris Eubank Jr that time yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Ninety percent of people watching oh, it. Oh, I was fucking. I no, wish no, it was. That you, my fella, duty. No, no, I was raging to see him beat his uh, last fight. Names that the slip me mind. Uh, James DeGale. DeGale, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I think right. DeGale on his day would have Hundred percent, yeah. yeah. Was, I, I, sad, I love watching it? the the guy. You know, coming through the amateurs, winning gold. He was the first British to win gold and and a belt and a world title. Yeah. At the end, yeah, it's, it, it is sad to see, but sometimes your numbers up, your numbers up, isn't it? You, you see George Groves there two weeks ago, retiring. Yeah. He went out, and obviously he got beat with Callum Smith, but he went out at the highest level, you know what I mean? He went out at the right time, he didn't, he didn't stay on, you it's know. He's smart, isn't he? Yeah, and them boys have made loads of dough, haven't they? So, fast Eddie, fast Eddie really yeah. looked after him there, didn't he? Steady Eddie. Come here, uh, give us an insight to life growing up in the inner city. We're in your gaff, pure inner city gaff, love it, love it, open door. Yeah, deadly. man, yeah, it's, it's just, it's like anywhere, you know, you said you're from Main Street, it's the exact same there, isn't it? It's just, I, forced, I was forced born in Doors on Henrietta Street, which is the back of Bounton Street there in the flats, mm. and we were there till, how old was I? 16, 17 years ago, about 10 or 11. Is that where the Granby factory was? The Granby no, that's, fact- that's the back of Dominic Street. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, the back of Temple Park is ah, yeah, yeah, Henrietta yeah. Street. So, we, we grew up there, and, and it was about 12, and, and came up here. Now, when you're about 12, you don't really know a lot of places. So, coming up here, even though I was like a stone throw away to the Lord's Edgeley Flats and Mount Joy Street, it was all new to me, you know what I mean? And we came up with me and a few of the boys, Glenn, oh, he was the pal, Glenn passed away. And a few of the lads that moved out of the flats now that aren't there, you know, we came up and there was a few of the boys up here. Like, who it is, you know, you're like, how do they all fight and arguing and all, you know? But over yeah. time, and he talked to me and, and he talked to all of us, and then we all became friends. And then we just grew up in Lord's Edgeley and. Yeah, it was great times, you know, great, great times. It's, it's different than back then, like we used to play, whether it be football or, or chasing or, or, or doing things, you know, where nowadays the kids, it's, it's different generations, isn't it? My little fella just sits there playing playing Nintendo Wii, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, 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 or an Xbox or something like that, where years ago when we were that age, you were like, Give me that football. We were running here, chasing the corner, man. We were, we were doing everything, you know what I mean? That, There's that's... a fellow on, on on Facebook and Twitter, I follow Keith Kelly, and he wrote it with, with Versity, wrote it, throw your jumper down or something that's about like remember you're playing ball and you throw yeah, your two man. jumpers down then you'd have a yeah. game or pay 99 pence for a ball in a, in a shop that's the way it was who has the, a ball the throwaway balls yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the way my childhood was when I think of it you know so we we great times growing up we, we were mainly never in the house you'd be out all the time to be loud you'd be buzzing and yeah it was brilliant they, 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 looking back on it now them years go so quick and they, they were the best years you know what I mean when you, when you, when you sit down and think of it, but where did the boxing come in that's that's a good one, Sean. I was about eight. A friend of my dad's opened the gym in Corinthians in the back of Buckingham Street. No, he never boxed, man. You know, so again, you're only eight, you're, to, you're only small. You don't realise there back then. So my dad, my dad brought me down and I opened up, and I talked to her for a while and went in and obviously I was eight at that time. And then I started competing when I was like ten, eleven. You get in the boxing card and you start competing and. Again, I was twelve or thirteen. I was, I was taking, I was taking to, him and I was, like, I wasn't bad at it. And yeah, it just grew then, you know. So 
I started when I was eight, and I started, I started an amateur boxing, and my dad brought me down when I was about 16, 17. Then I started dodging it. Then I started going missing. Then my dad would be looking for me, and I'd be hiding Smoking, with the lads in the gargling. Flats. It's the yeah. usual, is it? Whether it be football, rugby, yeah, yeah, all of them have not. the pulls, don't they? Like, they pull away from the sports. That's, the that, smoking that's and the girls. You know? that, that, that's exactly what happened. And you, you, when you think you know everything there, don't you? And I, I, I was one of them, you know. And me, me, me dad would like, go to the gym, and I'd be like, yeah, I'd be there. And some nights he wouldn't, he'd be like, I can't go in, so you know, he'd be like, I go. And I come back at half nine at night, he'd be like, I'd be like, yeah. It would be shit, you know what I mean? Find out he clattered the head off you, you know, but spill for now, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But that that's how he brought me down when I was eight and it was the best thing that happened to me. Like now that I fell back into it, it was, it was the best thing that happened to me and as I said I, I met I met great people in in the gym at, at that age and we, we travelled around Europe, schoolboy level with the club, different countries, America, England, Wales, Scotland, you name it and yeah, great times, man. Brilliant times. What was it about the boxing that, that attracted you to it? You know what I mean? What is it about boxing? Like, I mean, could you went and play football? Or? It, was a great, it was a great baller. No, oh, when, yeah. I say, when I say great, a few of the boys listen to oh, this. Like, oh, you're going to get fucking <laughs> slated. <laughs> yeah, don't be listening that easy, he said. <laughs> He's muck. No, but I could play ball as well. You Who'd know, you play for? I played for... Uh, at first it was Alfie's we we a local team and we, we won like literally every cup Alfie, there used to be a club around here St Anthony's it was but Alfie right. Alfie was the, was the fella who used to run it and that broke up and we went to Bowles we were with Bowles for a few years then and then after that then as I said when I was about 16, 17 it was like which one do you do and I had to be the boxing you know what I mean but I still play five sides so now you know what I mean I, I can kick a ball you know so I probably should have started the football, but <laughs> <laughs> when, as I said, when, when you're boxing, when, when, when you're eight, you, you don't really be like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. When your dad just brings you somewhere, you just tend to follow. You know what I mean? You have no, not not an awful lot of knowledge that you, you're thinking to yourself. When in ten years time, if I keep boxing, I'll do this or that. You just you just go with the flow, don't you? When you're eight, you just go with the flow. So do you talk about uh, they're always banging on about mindfulness and living in the moment. You never live any closer to the moment when you're ten, eleven, twelve, yeah. thirteen. Yeah, like if you can, out, that's that's being mindful. Yeah, that's all you give a fuck about is now. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You're bored so. or whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's so, now. So when I was going to the gym, when I was eight, nine, ten, eleven. I was probably going to play a bag of sweets for going. And I was like, I go, you know what I mean? And that's that's the way it goes. And I, I happened to go three three nights a week, and over the course of three or four years, I started to get good at it. Yeah, I started going places, and as I said, boxing and winning titles and Dublin titles and Leinster titles and stuff like that, and. That's when it took off. And then I was at that age, I was 13, 14, 15. Then I started to realise what I was doing. And I was good at it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something, something like that, you know? And who, were your, who were your inspirations in boxing around then? I know you like Bernard Dunn and that. Yeah, no, I watched a lot of Bernard Dunn. And then back then, when I was small, my dad used to get the, with a tape deck and he used to get these cassettes. And he had Ali. And no, it wasn't that, it wasn't that, it was it was that long ago, but we, we happened to have it. A, a tape cassette and he, he knew a fella that had these tapes and they were all the old ones so we, we watched a lot of Ali but Ricky Hatton I used to love Ricky Hatton a lot oh, I was class I loved his fights fucking brilliant yeah, one, yeah. yeah I watched the Pacquiao and the, 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 the Mayweather one that was sad class man you know what I mean brilliant the, the cost of sale ones was, was, was unbelievable like even when I fell out of love of boxing it must have been 16, 17, 18 we used to go to Tremor for a few times me and the boys we'd be down there blade blackguard you know what I mean but I, I'd be always still they wouldn't I'd be still a boxing fan you know and we went into this place with like Ricky Hatton I actually have it up in the wardrobe I still have it in, in, in there up in the wardrobe 
was like a Ricky Hatton yoke. I was like, I'm buying that. The boy's like, what are you on about? They didn't even know a box much, you know? Mm. I was like, no, I'm buying that. He's like, oh, I love him. I got the yoke, brought it back. Had it up in the wall like, for years and years, you know what I mean? So Deadly. even when I fell out, I used, to, I used to always watch a lot of boxing, but Ricky Hatton would have been well up there with one of them, yeah? Yeah, I read his book. It's quite good, actually. I read both of them. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I read Deadly. one on holidays Deadly. there. I don't know which one it was. Uh, there's the first one and then, then there's one of the Vegas tales isn't there I think that's probably the one I done maybe. That, that was the second one yeah. I know it was the first about his childhood and all yeah, that yeah that's, that's class that's class I read on holidays and fucking broke up my memory yeah so, so so the podcast I was telling you about on the cast box there's one called Boxing Life Stories and his old coach Billy Graham mm. he does a podcast and he, he talks a bit about Ricky Hatton but it's good insight he looks like he's doing good in coaching I watch some of his stuff on Twitter and that. his jumper looks handy he actually does to be fair doesn't yeah, he, doesn't yeah. he yeah. I, I, I seen him about a year ago I was like oh, he's a little bit raw but he's come on leaps and bounds he's very like him isn't he's he's like movement. fucking looking at him isn't yeah there? the movement the way the he moves the haircut the movement everything is just like looking at, at a young Ricky Hatton like it's crazy but he's very good looking yeah he's, he's doing brilliant he has that gym now in Manchester and he's a few boys out there Chris Blaney Irish fella from Navin Chris boxing a few of the shows Ricky Kamau I got to meet him and all so Gorman that, that heavyweight Gorman looks handy that's right yeah that's he's got deadly hands quick yeah, isn't he quick hands quick hands he's, he, they're trying to line him up with that kid Dubois aren't they uh, uh, DDD Triple yeah, D yeah. yeah Daniel Dubois yeah, he's only 21 that kid but I see him at the weekend yeah I didn't believe he's only 21 he gave him a crease and didn't he yeah he's allowed to grow and he went with, he went the full distance with what's his with name Gorman, like, yeah. with Parker Park, yeah, he went full distance with Gorm, but he also yeah. done a title Don't fight with, with Parker. You must be knowledgeable on the L boxing yourself. I love yeah, it, I yeah. love it. And it's quite contradictory because I work in brain injury and people are going, you watch boxing, yeah, I fucking yeah, love yeah. it. I Get love the it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Come on. here, you talk about your fellow of love uh, at boxing 6 and 17. Where did life take you? Where did the trajectory go? Down? Yeah, you man. Got yourself yeah, into yeah. a bit of, yeah, man, of a pickle. Give it to you, mind sharing that with us? Yeah, no, the, the, the story, no. That, as the, when it came around the fourth time, people were like, you don't have to tell your story in this and that crowd, but the the gig with me is everyone everyone knew everyone that knows me and supports me and follows me in boxing knew where I was and what I'd done. So I've nothing to hide, you know what I mean? It, it's not like I'm hiding that from them because they, they're friends of mine and they've been there and they they've seen me in the bad ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they're the first people to come and support me, you know. So yeah. I've nothing to hide. So obviously I, I went I went down the wrong path as in just fucking just not listening and, and being that age and. Start robbing and yeah, it's a fucking. It's you can you can say you, you can say the wrong crowd, but n- n- not the wrong crowd. It's as bad as any of them. You know what choices. I mean? Choices, yeah, just exactly. choices. And, and then, it's not really the detail that I really was asking. You done a bit of a you done a bit of a stint in in prison as well, didn't you? Yeah, been a, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, well, uh, as I said, I, 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 as a teenager, well, seventeen, eighteen, I was in pads a couple of times. Again, charge sheets, not listening, fucking going off the rails. I was <coughs> smoking a bit of blow and robbing and shit like that. And then, yeah, yeah I carried on. I was about 20, 21. I was in, I, I, I ended up Mount Joy. Me, me last time I was there, I was like, I got three years or two years suspended. So I've done a full, you, you 12 months, you do nine months over. And I read a story that really touched me. Uh, your missus came up with the kid and the dog sniffed something. Yeah, which is fucked put, up because yeah. it. it, it if if she smoked hash or, or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, well, yeah. listen, it is what it is, you know what I mean? But she actually didn't, you know what I mean? That that, that That's what annoyed me. So, obviously, when I was in there, Hallie was born. That's, that, that's my first born. That must have fucking broke your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, like, it, it, it was hard, but even back then, my me, me, me mind wasn't fucking fully functioning. You know what I mean? I was there, but I wasn't fully there. I wouldn't be where I am now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, obviously, obviously it was a killer. Not, not, not being out for it and shit like that, but... Obviously, the first time I seen her, then 
they came up and they're like, no, there's something wrong, as in, as in the dog fucking smelled something or something, and it has to be a scream, is it? And it was like, I always had to be down with the fucking governor and stuff, and sorting her out, it'd be like, it's the first time up, can I haul and stand down, and they're like, yeah, and then when I go out, it's like, you're going in there, I was like, what, what do you mean you're going in there? That, that scream, it's like, fuck that man, you know? So, Did that need I went back in, like, to be fair, I got, I, I, I got the fella in charge, the ACO in charge that day and all, and I was like, listen, this, this, this lot of bollocks, like, did, this is lawyers like shit like that and he, he was like right and he I end up holding on all you know what I mean in the end Sound. so yeah he, he, he seen the other side but I wasn't bleeding hiding that and I want that you know that's that's the way I was but yeah even, even then I was still a little bit fucking wild and stuff like that it took me it took me when I came out to settle down a little bit and again that that's where I fall back on boxing because I, I was off the wrong path for fucking a, a long long time you know what I mean like you see people nowadays like people have been in there with and like I'm the force to fucking help someone out like I I go down O'Connell Street and you'll see a few boys and be like boys what's the story do you need that and I'll, I'll help them out you know what I mean like where was it Christmas Day for instance I, I went out to the horse I don't really drink or anything I was coming up O'Connell Street I stopped at the case to get a cup of coffee and there was a homeless fella there I gave him 7 or 8 euro and I went down and I went up O'Connell Street then and there's another kid at fucking at Penny's which, which is a good story to right at Penny's yeah and Rocky Field was only the fight in Canelo for the world yeah. title in Madison Square Garden, so I stopped and got out, and I went over to him, I still had my coffee, and I think I gave him a five or something, that had he had from, it was like a cup of tea, he was like, oh, I was meant to go out with my ass, poor fucker, you know what I mean, and, we got yapping, and he actually knew an awful lot about boxing, you know what I mean, he was talking about boxing, I sat for him like 15 or 20 minutes, Deadly. but but that, but that's the way it is nowadays, because I've been locked up with some of them youngers now, and then I walked down O'Connell Street, and you see them in a bad way, you know what I mean, they're like 15, they'd be talking, you'd be like, what's the story, and I'd have you up with them and all, you know, and it's just like, it's only when you walk away, but like, fucking, you're lucky, like, you know what I mean? Like, Unbelievable. I, was... I am lucky in a sense, I don't sit back and, and, and think of it an awful lot, but I'm not saying I would have been that bad, but I was fucking bad, you know, so. Yeah, I fucking, I remember I walked up in Weefield, uh, I was teaching up there yeah. as a placement, and uh, I was, a guy was living with me at my college, and he was staying with me for a little bit, and uh, he smoked a lot of weed. I was going up there and the first day there was a bleeding dog. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. shitting. I was like, if this bleeding dog fucking sits Job's down. Gone. Oh, I'm bollocks. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah. please don't sit down, please. Yeah, absolutely. The little bastard didn't sit down. Yeah, I was in the chantry one day, about a month after I finished up there one morning, right. and a load of fuckers that were in prison knew me from the prison. They were like, you woke up in the prison and they thought I was a guard. And I was like, no, 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 I'm a fucking teacher. But they were selling them. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Some, I was up in Weefield, some fucking buzz. That, that, that's a little bit then what sort of happened to me. So I know you boxed. We had a coach called Nicholas Cruz. He's in he's in the Midlands prison now teaching yoga and boxing. He Was was he up in the high performance? That's right, yeah. yeah he, I, I, he was with the Irish squad at yeah, one stage. Then he'd done a bit of training up there. Something fell time. out with them. He fell out with them or they wouldn't fund them or something. But he was, he was in yeah. our club and he'd done me corner at one stage when I was like schoolboy, 15, 16. And we went to the pads one morning and we were going to the gym and I went in and he was there. And we were doing pads, you know. He said, Nicholas, he's like, oh, Craig, how's it going? Got yapping. Like, I was like, fucking hell, I didn't see, see, see you here. And that's where I got back into the boxing a little bit then as well, you know what I mean? So... Was that the turning point? What got you back onto the, the, the straighter path? Fucking with it. You know, that, that, that's a good question. I sit down sometimes and I ask myself, I was like, when did I stop? And and, and I don't, I, I can't fucking remember. I can't remember There's the no day. no pivotal point. Yeah, I can't say. remember the day where I sat down and be like, listen, that's it. And it's done. No more, no more messing, you know. But I remember, I remember one of the boys going up here, my friend Joey, was going up to do some weights. And they were in the gym. I was like, I'll go with this. I didn't wait. It was, boxing was the last thing in my mind. I went up doing a few weights and there was a boxing back there and I, I'm blading 11 stone, 12 stone. I'm not a big young fella, you know what I mean? So weights, weights wasn't for me. 
So I went up and anyway, and then the bag was there, and I started hitting the bag and skipping. So you're going up for two, three weeks, and we started doing that, and that that was good. I got a bit fitter, but then I heard of then Joey went up to the Livernoy gym, which which was in Fisbury, and I was like, yeah, we go up there. So we went up there. Wayne was up there and a few, and a few others, and, and they helped me out. They helped me out loads. That's who that's who got me back in also. But we went up there and we we're doing fitness classes, and I swear to God, I'm not fucking you about me. I got sick twice on the first night. The first hour class, it wasn't fit at all. I mean, I was at the smoking blade, bars of grass over the past few years. You know what I mean? My lungs was the last thing that, that was able for shit like that. But I got sick and I knew a couple of times, but kept going back. And, the, and they had a ring up there and those sparring sessions and stuff like that. And then that's what they had the bags, their boxer size, and that's when I started to come back. And I was up there for like three or four years. And I met Niall Bourne then, who was my coach when I first came back. And me and Niall just clicked. And we started doing pads and just took off then. And then that's when we started going out to Celtic Warriors, travelling for sparring. And we were out there sparring for a while. And yeah, and it just took off. And that, that, that's how I ended back up, and mainly because of the gym in Fishburne that they, I stayed there for two or three years, got myself in a brilliant shape. Uh, there, was actually, there was actually a white collar show for a charity gig for uh, Homeless Street Football, the Irish, the Irish squad that go away every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's a homeless. They play five or so to go away, but. Yeah. It was like fucking uh, your man of uh, first seat and all was in your man Marion Rovenstock and all of those. Oh, the, 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 the DJ, yeah, like yeah, yeah. They were all in it, and obviously with me boxing, they were training up the gym. The lads was getting the fit up the gym, and with me being there, I got into an exhibition. Right, I think it would have been. I think it was June of fifteen, was it? Could have been, or, or just before that. I was in Ballsbridge, the jury's in Ballsbridge, and I went out there, and that was the first one back in the ring in front of people. It was just an exhibition. It was a draw. And that was before some back, and then again, I just took off from there. And then we were out sparring in Celtic Warriors. <clears throat> Fast forward a few months, out sparring in Celtic Warriors. And Tony Dava, have you heard of Tony? No. Tony's he's about bleeding 80 now, Tony. Everyone knows is that the, Tony. Is that Dava. the grey haired lad that's yeah, been the oh, yeah, yeah. him that there? Yeah, he's yeah. great for boxing, he's great. He, he helps everyone out, you know what I mean? So he had a show. It was all 15 in February in in the Red Cow. And I was like, Tony, any chance of getting on it? And he's like, no, Craig, it's full. It's down. You know, I was like, ah, okay, fuck it then, you know. So I was like, that was full. But someone pulled out, like, 12 days out. And he's like, do you want to go on that show? I was like, yeah, man. And before we knew, we were doing medicals and we were trying to get over the line. And before I knew, I had my first pro fight in the Red Cow. There was like 150 people there. I was like, it's the hardest fight in my life. Still is the hardest fight in my life. Was that it, yeah. Was my first one. It was like four, three minutes and the little Polish fella, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't read the script at all. Like, he, he pushed me right to the limit, you know, so... That was the force. He wasn't then, a Polish plumber, was he? he not now. He, he probably was, but to me, he was a world fucking champion. That night, you know, <laughs> he just kept coming, and that's when I took off. Yeah, that that was the force, and then just haven't looked back since. It, I know you didn't have a you know a dramatic twist and turns so right that's end, but do you look back now and go fuck? There's no way I'd go back at that. You know, it was difficult times. Yeah, million percent, man. Million percent, like nothing, nothing to take me back there. Same as I look back at my past and probably think, oh man, yeah. I'd never be able to go back. I just couldn't. You just, it's, it seems like another lifetime away. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's different. It's different. I was a different person, different mindset then. You know what I mean? Like, like now, anything could knock me down, and, and, and I'd never fall back in that in that category. I yeah, go back, yeah. back, back to that script. You know what I mean? And that's that that that's just how 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 much I've changed now. Like, and that's what I said to you earlier. Like when when I didn't get out for the young ones. For the young one's birth, for Halley's fourth birth, you, you were like, geez, it must have been devastating. Like, yeah, it did, but I still wasn't in that frame of mind. 
Where it's purely sober, yeah. where I am now, you know what I mean? If it happened me now, it'd break me in half, you know what I mean? greater impact. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's the, that's the mindset where I was then. I was still I was still a bit raw and, and coming around back then, you know, but I'd never I'd never fall back in that. No way, man. Deadly. Give us an insight to some of the success that you've had in boxing. As an amateur? Hold on. Well, as an amateur, I, 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 I don't know how many fights I had. I was well over 100 in any way. I won leagues, leagues, Leinster's. I don't think I ever got the all Ireland. I'm not going to say it did. I, I, I know hundreds of people say, oh, I won all Ireland as a skill, but it didn't. I got done in the final, but I think it was young Joyce from Atoy. It was a very good boxer. I don't think he's boxing now as much. There was two brothers, John Joe, John Joe Joyce, and it was Davy Oliver. I'm not sure. But I got done in the final, so I never done them. And then obviously I fell over, and I came back as a pro, and so far as a pro, bar than one loss, I've won, I've won the BUI title. And still not as good as your young ones dancing medals up there. I'm more impressed no, with them to be honest. Not, you said they're whopper. Not, I was like, there's some mounted trophies. <coughs> then I realised they're all your young ones. Anybody She's comes a in, superstar. Anybody comes in, they're like, he's quite there. Some trophies. Like, boy, is that not mine? Yeah, and I thought they're sitting there going, yeah. that's impressive. And I said, they're all the kids' trophies. Yeah, she's done better than you. They're not mine. You know, she's the cash cow for you now. Ah, going she, forward. She's the little dancing queen. She is. Yeah, but she loves it. And do you know what, man? She puts some hours in. Like every day, our uncle Shane he's brilliant so he's the dance teacher so obviously he's, he he teaches the class every day so he'd pick her up like a half what's his dance school. class go we give him a plug uh, the f- it's in Manor Street it's in Manor Street yeah uh, what's the name of a man ah sure look we'll, uh, I don't know. we'll Listen, come back uh, to it everyone 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 knows him, anyway. him, Shane, Shane's club him and Denise do it uh, the DM crew or something they're called I don't know but deadly but he picks her up like a half two every day and like she she be gone at like seven in the evening. Savage. Yeah, like most days, you know, and she loves it. So she puts some work in, but now now it's starting to show. Now she's like she's winning most weeks and she's up there like uh like she's she she's eight and she's like competing around the tens. Savage. So some kids are like nine. Savage. And have that extra year on her, but she's still competing with them. Like she went away last week to England and two weeks ago she went away to England and there was like forty something kids in the in the team. And she came seventh in one of them. Nice. And then the next day she came third. Savage. Which is like, brilliant, you know what I mean? That's Class. kids from all over England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland. So Savage. It's brilliant for her. She loves it. Like she, she, tonight, she's gonna give, she's giving out today. Tonight is a communion. <coughs> she might not communion on uh, May the 12th. But it's a forced mass tonight. And she's like, Dad, you come. I was like, Hallie, I can't. I was like, I promise I'll do a podcast. And she's like, oh, the day of the podcast, like, we talk about me. I was like, I will. She loves it. Oh, yeah. deadly. Ah, she loves so it. So she's yeah. the superstar. And so, come here. What would you reckon, what failure gave you the greatest success, do you think, in live fan boxing? Jeez, that's a good question. What failure? Yeah. It wouldn't have been a failure. It would have, have been just a knockdown, wouldn't it? Any, I, anything in live boxing. What about the fowler for you? Was that yeah, in yeah, yeah. Well, see, in hindsight, was... in hindsight, every box is going to be like in hindsight. Or I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Hindsight like, is twenty twenty vision. Exactly. Like in hindsight, I shouldn't have took that fight, and I should be eleven and twelve and twelve and all now. Do you think you shouldn't took it? No, in hindsight, you, 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 if I'd have won, I'd, I, I wouldn't ah, be saying yeah. I shouldn't have took it. You know what I mean? If my auntie so, had balls, she'd be my uncle. Absolutely. So I thought you were doing brilliant. Yeah. Well, listen, the, there's a big thing about that fight. I, I, I didn't leave it. It was all new to me. As in, as in, it was a fucking twenty thousand seat stadium. It was live on pay per view. Just that and the other. I loved every moment of it. I loved every moment yeah. of it. But I should have left her on the ring, which I didn't. And that's what that's what I learned the next time. 
You know what I mean? When I'm there and I'm in that situation next time, it's the lever on the ring. Does he hit as hard as he looks? I watch some of his fights. I'm not, not a fan of his now, I have to be honest not, with you. Nothing from him, He was a nice kid out of it. a bit of beef before, but listen, that, that, that that's boxing, but... Yeah. Like on on the day on the way in, we 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 looked alright. Like this kid, this kid's not all that, you know. He's meant to be massive this time. The other he boxed at seventy five kg. You look great, Nick. Yeah, I was, you I was can, in good. You, you didn't fight. look uh, drained. You look like no. I pissed look away. Well. I, I made it. I made a dead hand. Yeah, you look well. The night of the fight, the fuck, I refueled, man. He must have been toward in stone. Yeah, he was a fucking unit, man. Looked across the ring, I was like, fucking hammer. The boys never said that to me after the fight. You're like, Craig, he was fucking massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. But first year round was good, and then the, the body shots took it over from me, you know what I mean? The body shots, he, he was a big, he only kept coming forward. As I said, he was pushing I was, on, I was very cautious at times. I should have just, just left it on the ring. That's, it's, it's not a regret, but that, that, that's, it is what it is. that's what you learn from me, you know what I mean? As I said to you, if another fight comes around, every fight that comes around now is to leave it on the ring, you know what I mean? Don't. Don't leave the ring saying or I could have or I should have. You know what I mean? But not not the fella. Fella fella's a great kid and he's gonna go places, you know what I mean? I yeah, absolutely. I, I can see him being good and especially with the crew he's with as in Eddie Hearn and, and Sky, they push him well, but he, he has to have his Cheryl fight now on March the thirty. That's that's, that's a great fight. Be a tough that's fight, a great fight. I think for Cheryl's like four to one, which which the the Bukes are overlooking him, you know what I mean? He's yeah. he's a good kid for Cheryl's, yeah. yeah I, like I think him. his last few fights he hasn't he hasn't shown up as in the sense that he couldn't get up for the fight where this one he knows is fucking do a die type thing so yeah. he's trying to super hard but I thought we were going to see Fowler and Cheeseman but Cheeseman looked poisoned in his last one yeah he did to be fair man he did he's coming he thought he was going to walk through you man yeah me, me, me cousin I like he, Cheeseman yeah my cousin's in London he's best mates with Cheeseman he's, good. Like he's Cheeseman, had all yeah. the fights and <coughs> he's been telling me but he, he'll still get that fight because Cheeseman's British champion Yeah. so if they want the next taking care of but he's only young Cheeseman but he, he can't keep going forward and taking shots like that he took a lot of heavy shots didn't he I, I, at least my shot was one shot and I was lights out but he, was he, he took a lot of head shots head shot man head shot so, sometimes probably best getting them instead of getting a, a combination or a, yeah, of, yeah. of so many shots you know what I mean but yeah it was the 6th round I think it was the 6th round we came out and, he, and favorite like the fellow he went for the body letting him go for the body and I went to dip but he came straight off with the left hook and it was a fucking cracking shot. It was, it was lights out, you know, but... He does that. He's good, good body shots, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's... He, he and as I said, he's a good kid. He's a good amateur. He, he'll go places, you know, but... That, that, that's sometimes what I look back on as in the sense... Them few years that I missed out on from, say, I was 16 to I was 20 to 21, I was a stead amateur and just learned a little bit more of the foundations and it'd have been good to see where I would have went and what yeah. I could have been doing now, you know what I mean? But... I've done well so far. Listen, I think so. boxing, boxing apart, I'm winning from 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 where I am, family wise. Okay. Everything's great for me at the moment. You know, depends what I mean? on what your barometer of success is. To me, I think you're fucking successful. Yeah, you no, you're no, living the dream. Yeah, no, no, million percent. I'm not blowing smoke your hold. You know, you're a professional no, fighter. You're you're happy. <coughs> As I said, but even even if you go back to when I was 21, from where I was then to where I am now, mindset, health wise, family family wise, everything's cool great for that me. Way. You know what I mean? The, the benefit of it is the, the, the best thing about it then as well is is that I, I can fight and that I'm picking up a few belts in the way and that I mean, I'm doing something I love you know what I mean like that, let's not forget I'll, I'll only have a couple of more years of this before of course before you retire you can't do this forever so I'm going to give her everything you know what I mean so Deadly. hopefully the next phase is getting out to America and pushing on out there and seeing, seeing what that holds for me you're with Morphe Promotions eh I'm not with Morphe Promotions but that's where we're trying to go is <laughs> with right. Morphe Promotions you know so I'm I'm on my own now. I'm managed by myself now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm managed by myself now. Just go, but the link is there. Is in America, 
So the gig is hoping to get out there. So I've got I've got I've got news now that I'm fighting out there on March the twenty ninth. So I'm trying to nail down my medicals and get them Savage. Have to get them sorted in the next seven days, which is gonna be a task. Expensive, aren't they? Yeah, well to be fair, man, the MRI out here is two hundred quid. I got that done last year. Every year in Ireland you have to get that done. Now I in 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 America it's once every five years, so that's free. So I got that done last year, so I'll just forward that over to them. It means I don't have to get that done. My medicals I know I know that I know the nurse catching on the local yoke and I got my medicals done last year. So like Craig hundred and twenty dropping back out with me. I was like, yeah, catching, I will. I never went back out to catching. I realized, there's a catching, I need to get medical. She's like, yeah, no problem, Craig. She's like, if I now stand the balance of 120, I was like, oh, no way. Oh, you She's like, yes, we are me 240. But listen, it's part of the game, you know what I mean? It lasts for a year, so it's, it's handy, but I'm not worrying about the money. I'm just worrying about getting it done before before the time scale, you know? So yeah. if you get it done in seven days, I hope so I can get it done and get it over there. and Push on out in America, it'd be, it'd be a six-round for you, mainly for them to have a look at me. So pass is giving them more as in listen to kick and fight. He's good in a few years they only get better. So I go out there. They've heard me. I've been out there. I stayed. I stayed in the fighters' house in September. I went out there traveling. So it's a good story. So me and Spike was going out in September for his big fight in Vegas, and we we're going to go to Boston for two weeks. Now I I was in Boston when I was like eleven with the boxing club. That was the only time I've been there as an amateur. I boxed out there then. So we were going out there in September, and we were going through the customs, and I walked on and. Spike got refused. He's like, fuck's sake, Spike got refused. So he texts Pascal. Spike said, getting refused. He's like, ha ha, don't be winding me up. I was like, no, I'm serious. He's like, fuck off, Craig. I was like, I'm not messing with you. Spike said, getting refused. He, he hasn't came through yet. He's like, just wait there. 20 minutes later, and the plane's the plane's leaving in, 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 in an hour and 10 or whatever. And before you know it, the plane's leaving 20 minutes, still no sign of Spike. So I'm like, Pascal, what's the story? My bag's on the plane, or through customs, or through American customs. He's like, listen, Craig, Spike's not getting in. We have to go and get a visa, this, that, and the other. I was like, no way. He's like, listen, get on the plane, fly to Boston, you get picked up, you get looked at. I'm like, ah, come on, man. Oh, I hadn't been here, you know, I'm on my own. Spike's been out there 10, 20 times. So I was like, fuck it, my bag's on the plane, I'm not leaving it, you know, suitcase. So I was like, I got on the plane, went, landed over there on my own, went to the fighters' house, met everybody. I was out there for two weeks on my own, going to local clubs, sparring, sparring there, fighters, meeting new people, and I loved every minute of it, you know what I mean? What was so, that like for you? That was brilliant. That was brilliant. You're in that mindset where you're like, Fuck it. Yeah, let's do this, you know what I mean? You're on your own here and you're going to gyms and it's good because when I first went to the gym, now Pascal would know them and they'd know Pascal because they'd been in Boston 20, 30 times but yeah. I haven't, you know, so I went to the gym and it's like Mark Porter, it was Pascal's best mate, he he lives out there, he's out there, he's from Donegal originally, he's out there, I don't know, 30 years since 87 or something, he was telling me, so he, he picked me up and looked at me, without him, I'd have been fucking lost, you know. Sounds. But we settled in, I settled into the gaff, the gaff was the bollocks, had everything needed, kitchen, telly, fucking every channel, you name it, your own room, everything, it was brilliant. Wi-Fi, what's <laughs> your Wi-Fi as well, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark picked me up, he like, bring it to the gym, went out to the gym, full of Americans, you know. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 no one really talks the first day or two, you know. He was this Irish kid, you know, so you're there, you're hitting the bag on your own. Getting the top, he's like, you come back tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. So I got to the stage where Mike's walked, so he couldn't bring me. So I had to suss the train station. So the local train station was like 15 minutes on foot. So I grew up in the morning, make me club, hit the train station, got on the train for like 15 minutes, get down there and walk to the gym there. Another 15 minutes, you know. But I started hitting the bag, and, and he started looking at me, hitting the pads, and I started sparring their boys. And they're like, this kid's actually not bad. 
and uh, I just talked to her after a while and they're like Irish boy and then, then they were, I was like that mate you know they bring me the boxing shows there's a, bo- yeah, there's a boxing show on over there and I was there and they brought me down to the weigh-ins because I got to know them all by then you know yeah. and one of the two of the boys were fighting and I went with them we had food and it was good and then when I came home he texted me to go back out sparring one of the lads but I just couldn't go back out at the, at the time because I was only home and with the kids I couldn't go back out you know so I still stay in contact with them but good man but awesome was brilliant brilliant experience for me and it, it's on that mindset where, where if you want to go or something this is the sort of things you have to deal with, you know what I mean sometimes you have to isolate yourself and fucking and live in the in in house on your own and go to this place on your own and such a learning course yeah you know what I'm saying like, you, you hear so many so many times where people go up a sparring in places and they're sitting in a gaff full of bleeding French fellas it could be, you know what I mean it depends who you're going going over sparring and they're speaking bleeding French and you're sitting there on your own you're English so yeah. these things will happen in the future so it's good for me to go out there and get, get an insight into it but Obviously, that's where Morty's boxing got to know me a little bit as well, and they were like, "Hopefully, we get you out here." So that's Savage. what I'm working on now. So come here. What? Give us an insight. Uh, the daily routine as a boxer, as a pro boxer. What? What's? What's? What's your day look like? So today, every day, what way does your your routine work? So today I was up and I was out the door at ten past seven. So I do my strength and conditioning in Ashbourne. Right. So three times a week I'm in Ashbourne. So today I was. I was in Who's your strength and conditioning coach? Thomas Latimore. He's in Garrettstown, in Garrettstown gym. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's very good. He's, yeah. he's only young for Thomas, but he's the only year he's been to college and. Deadly. And he's good as in the sense like I've seen it over the years. You go into a gym and someone will be like, "Listen, do a thousand burpees or six hundred sit ups," and you're 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 sweating out of five minutes. You're like, "This is working," but it's not. You're breaking your blade back. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the long run, it's not working. So, it's good as in the sense where you walk out a plan and it'd be like. Right, this is your this is your block one, which would you be like fucking stretching out, block two would be like strength work, block two would be like conditioning, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. Know what I mean? Oh yeah. As I was so, talking to Pascal about this and the strength strength and condition be specific to you as a boxer. Yeah. Fucking you don't do burpees but, in the ring. But this is what I'm saying, no, eighty percent of people nowadays have like that programme, but Thomas is very good for me, but like I'd be in Thomas at eight in the morning, I come home and I rest up again, you go home it's ten half ten, have some food have some lunch then before you head back out to the gym. We out the gym at half two, then maybe five. Mm. And then you come to the evenings where it'd be like, depending on, if, if it's a heavy day where you're at the a strength and conditioning session and a, and a sparring session in the gym, probably you have a bat and chill out in the evening. Or some other evening, then you're going to jog, whether it be a four or five mile jog. Do you, you know? do, do you do much road work? Yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do road work. I, I like road work. I like running. We, we do a lot of uh, sprint work. Right. As in the sense of treadmill or track run. So you do anaerobic stuff. Yeah. So 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 for instance, in the morning we're we're gonna do a treadmill session. So you go on the treadmill and it'd be like, it's, there's a thing called red zone, and the first the first block will be for five minutes at like fourteen kilometers, with one one incline on like the treadmill. So you'll do that for five minutes, take a minute break, then you're up from fourteen kilometers to sixteen kilometers. Okay for say three minutes you do two blocks of that one a minute break then you, you bump her all the way up before you know it mm-hmm. the last one you're on like 20 kilometers at 30 seconds on with like 15 seconds off okay. then now when you say red zone your heart rate is going up all the time yeah so before you know it you're like so you're up at 85 percent to your maximum heart rate absolutely, yeah so yeah, anaerobic yeah, training yourself to the limit, you know what i mean so so that'd be that so if i do that one more and then i might not run at night so between that and running that that that'd be my that and he'll plan that out for you. He'll tell you rest days, what yeah, exactly. Deadly. You know what I mean? So, Savage. yeah, you, you, you have a plan out, but mainly two 
two to three sessions per day, definitely two sessions a day we do, you know, so it's tough man. I am at the point of the yoga mat now and and the and, and the yoga block I'm doing my own bits of stretching as well. Savage. Like, I saw it. Deadly. Who does your nutrition? Yoga is tough. Yeah. Uh, nutrition now well, I over over the past year or two, when I when I first started I, I, I different types of nutritionists, fellas I I different types, but now I I know I know I know the score, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I know what I'm doing. But you stay in Nick, like you stay in condition. I've seen you up there that day and I've seen Pascal's fighters. Yeah, no, no, I, no one's out of shape. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, with, with the training you're doing, it's fucking hard to get out of shape unless you're coming home and eating curries for your lunch. You know what I mean, man? You, yeah, but you seem dedicated. You know what I mean? You see other fighters. Mate, is that is that old school now? <coughs> is, are people moving away from that, going away from a boxing fight and then getting themselves out of shape and then coming back in? Is that starting to change, do you think? Yeah, no, it, it happens, but it, it depends on the mindset, you know? Like, like, and it depends where you are in your boxing career, I think. Okay. So uh, if you're a Matty World Champion and you're having three fights a year and you know you have them dates and them fights and you can go and fight for, I don't know, 500k or a million quid in July... And you know your next fight's not going to be in October. Well, you can take that month off. You can go to bleed in Spain and America and get fat and take that month off and come back. But when you're at the level where that and you're still there, and you can get, for instance, I got a phone call. I've been, I've been praying for March the 29th to fight in Boston, and it's March the 13th now. And yesterday I got that phone call saying, "Craig, we're 90 percent sure you're going to be on. We need to get your medicals done." So if I sat around and didn't train for that, and they're telling me, "Listen, you're fighting in 18 days." I'm like fuck what do I do so I have to be ready you know yeah, what I mean so, yeah, yeah. so it depends so, where you are in life you know as in, in your career you know what I mean but <coughs> for me what, what does it for me is if I'm on the gym in the morning and the gym in the evening I can't eat something bad because if you eat something bad if I eat something bad tonight and go on the treadmill in the morning you feel it I'm just thinking of that field oh wait, yeah yeah absolutely man you know what I mean you're running on that thinking I shouldn't eat that and it just ruins the whole morning for me you know so that that that's that, that's the way I look at it you know if I eat bad you're gonna feel bad. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, hundred percent. So, so if you got, if you want to feel good in yourself, well then try to eat good. And you go to the gym, then you know you're at the eating good. You're putting it in outside. Do your worst, so so you can push yourself to that limit. So you really focus on your <coughs> your, your your fueling and your recovery. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you like count it. what you eat? Like, do you count macros? Like, do you, you know, protein, carbs, fats? Do you get into that or? No, not not really, because proteins can be good. You. So if I come home one night and <coughs> and I think I have brown rice. We're avocado and chicken filler, and I'm thinking, well, I'll throw two chicken fillers in. It's not an awful lot extra, you know what I mean? Because it's goofy, protein is oh, goofy. 100%. Sometimes I throw three blade chicken fillers in, you know? Mm. And I eat three chicken fillers, so. But I, I will weigh my porridge and all. <coughs> so I won't go over 60 grams of porridge. For carbs. Yeah, with yeah, a small yeah. bit of milk, you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. In the mornings. Stuff like that. Carbs wise, rice wise, you have to be a little bit stricter on that. But protein wise, it's all goofy. So I, I oh, yeah, 100%. But. Yeah, like it, it's 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 a strict life. As I said, it depends where you are in in, in your career, you know. But I, I, I feel if I'm going to the gym and I'm eating bad, well then, it's it's a waste, you know what I mean. And and, it, and it's probably I, I probably learned that from the start of my career, you know what I mean. Probably eating bad and going and sparring and feeling shit. Can it, you can you see that now? Is it like black and white? Is it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. like a hundred percent. Like eating good for me makes me feel good. You know what I mean. So so I got a gym and I I know I'm at eating. A bit of salmon and a bit and a bit of rice. Well, I know I'm not bloated. I know I'm not going to feel bloated. I'm going to feel a little bit light, a little bit sharp. Where if you're eating bad and you're going to the gym, you could be sparring good. And the boys will be like, "Jay, you're doing good, Craig. Great job, Jay. You're sharp." You'll be like, "Yeah, boys." But you know, in the back of your mind, you could be ten times sharper if you didn't eat that shit. You know what I mean? 
So you have to, you have to know where that. And I, I, I try to stay away from. It's dev- the devil's in the detail, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? You can talk about technique and conditioning, but like down to the nutrition, yeah. like the fuel that you you put in there is. Really- especially, especially when you're doing so many training sessions. Yeah, the nutrition has, has, has a big part, man. Signs and all nowadays is fucking crazy, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge advocate for uh, sports science, performance, psychology, all these kind of things. And something that me and Pascal touched on as well. You can do all that, yeah. but if you don't have the right attitude, yeah. You might as well be pissing in the wind. You can have all your sports science, yeah. your performance, and all your strength and condition, but if you don't have the balls or you don't have the mental fortitude, and you know, it's yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you in that sense. You, you hear people that uh, talent can only take you so far. Yeah. So if you if, if you have a lot of talent, but you, you haven't got the mindset and the fucking the the strictness to 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 appeal everything, you know what I mean? As in as in the training sessions, as in the diet, as in the other fifty percent of it, you know what I mean? All the ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah no, line think, them all up. Yeah, line be. them. Like there's a, there's the VO two max, you know, you're testing somebody's uh, VO two max. You know, some person can score really high, yeah. some score really low. And I talked to a, a Paralympian about this, uh, Peter Ryan, and people, some people do brilliant on VO two max. Yeah. Then you put them on the court with people that not so well. And they get fucking blown away. Yeah, it's crazy. Who wants it? Who doesn't want it? Yeah, and you know to talk about this central government theory that the mind overrides. Yeah, what's the crack? Overrides your VO two max anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's again, it's down to attitude, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and as I said to you earlier, it's you don't have very long in this game, so you could you you could fucking you you could you have the worst attitude in the world, and you you become thirty two and thirty four and thirty five, and you're like fuck. Now I'll do and it's too late. And I see that a lot. I see that a lot, man. I, I look at some some people through Twitter and, and pros that you look back on and some of the fuckers are 45 now and 40 and they're probably in better shape than they were just 28 because they only learn so long down the road, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I, I try to st- stay on it and keep keep a, a strong mind frame and listen to these motivation videos and sometimes listen to them and like am I a fucking easy or is this actually good for me oh, you know what no, I mean but you, you, you can throw enough shit at the wall eventually stick you can't do nothing yeah, good by listening to yeah. shit like that you know what I mean yeah. so you don't initially do then 10 weeks 12 week camps do you? you're always kind of tipping around yeah no I do I do man if, if you say to me right Craig we have a fight for you April, May June June the 1st I'd be like right and I'd be straight in there but sometimes when you haven't got that date just like uh my last few fights I've always had that date six, seven, eight weeks before but this time we've been praying for March the 29th to be pushing and, and fair deals to Pascal he has, he's tried his hardest to get me out there and this, that and the other and one week is happening one week is not happening and we, we got off of a fight in California on March the 30th on a Golden Boys show against a kid at 16 and one and we accepted it like four weeks ago and he waited like 12 days to come back and tell me then that his coach wouldn't accept it. Golden Boy and all accepted it as in their promoters. Mm. But his his didn't. So I, I, we were pushing towards that then. And then that fell through, you know. So March the 29th we walked for. So I just had to stay ready. Even though I was 80% ready, I, I was ready, you know. As it, you see me sparring last week. I'm, I, I, I'm fit. I'm fit to spar. I'm fit, I'm fit to fight, you know. So, oh, absolutely. Look yeah. Good. So, 
Yeah, so we, we just walked towards that and it was about, listen, Craig, just stay on it a little bit, you know. And yeah. like, For instance, my cousins are going to Cheltenham now. And they're out there and they're like, you have to come. It's like, I can't. Like, your, your fight might be not happening. It's like, it might be happening. But you just can't do it, you know what I mean? Oh, and, that's and I had to stay. And I had to stay away, man. And thanks be to God I did because I, I got the phone call yesterday saying that we, we're going to be on March the 29th. Now, it's only a six-rounder, but to me, it's a, it's a big six-rounder because we go out here and people say, listen, this kick and fight, we're going to back here. It could be the start of something good in America for the next three or four years and, and so build out there because that's where the rest of the boys have built. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it with Spike. I've been with Spike for the past year and a half in all these camps, traveling to LA and traveling to Vegas, traveling to Boston, and and it's brilliant. You know, it's where I want to be. Ireland's great for boxing, but to be fair, it's it's not too great. You know what I mean? There's, there's not there's not an awful lot in it. There's not not an awful lot in the money wise, not an awful lot in the TV wise, not an awful lot in the shows wise. Saying that the past, because I'm saying to my background is. is his brain and my job nine to five is his brain injury rehab mm. and I see the impact of brain injury and I just think fighters fucking like, should be getting millions like you know you get mm. pores and there's no sponsorship and all this bullshit it doesn't matter and I talked to uh, Conor McGregor's talking about this they should be rewarded you know risk reward you get mega money do you know what I mean like the fucking this the uh, Julian was it Julian Stalby yeah yeah he done me blows the first time I turned over actually yeah. nice I'm the chat we, we were saying boxing you know don't get enough money so well them may get less and he says look doesn't matter they both yeah. will get loads yeah to be fair they should but should you, know what I mean? only... you look at footballers pricking around you know and yeah. the mega money ah Joe man I swear what did I watch last night PSG and Juventus and I'm not pissing you I was going to tweet it for the first 15 minutes they were pushing each other and diving on the ground they weren't even touching each other, just diving and crying to the ref. I was like, fucking hell, man. Getting 200 grand a week, all they do is bitch out of them. But promoters and, and companies just know lads will want to fight, so it's it's yeah. not like supplying demand. He says, I'll get If you don't want to fight, well, I'll get him to fight. Yeah. And I'll just give him whatever, and he'll just do it. That's the way it is. But it's the fucking gig, brutal, the isn't it? The gig is when you get to that level, you, as in the top, then that, that, that's only when you get paid. But the other, the other hard part of that it's is. A tough road. 4%, you reckon, make it to the top. There's one for you. 4%. Well, they say 0.2% of young footballers from Ireland make it to the to the, the Premier League. It's crazy, you know what I mean? 0.2%. So it's everyone, to coaches and lords and that, really. Everyone's chasing their dream. But unfortunately, like, if you're in England, when you, you have Sky Sports, and you have BT, the backing's there, you know what I mean? When you're in Ireland, RT don't like boxing. TG4 are starting to come on board. TV3 won't have anything to do with it. So. It's a class, in my opinion, I think it's a class thing, you know? It's, no, absolutely, man. It's brilliant, but it's, it's hard, you know? It's hard. Like, it... it, it if you have a show on, in any show I've boxed on in the past two years, except for Casabar, Casabar was brilliant in December, it was a sellout. Mm. But the stadium shows didn't sell out. There was TV there, but it didn't sell out. That, that's unfortunate, that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Mm. You go back to the Bernard Dunn days, whether it was the Celtic Tiger earlier or wherever the fuck it was, everyone was at the show. You're selling the point out, 89,000 yeah, yeah. people. What is that? You can't get 2,000 in the stadium for a big show. So, I don't I, 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 I'm hoping to get into America and just try build up out there. You know what I mean? Because Savage. I don't think I don't think there's much in Ireland for me anymore. You know? Do you think mental health is talked much about in your club? I know I was talked to Pascal at the end about it, and we touched on about you know people mental health coming to the club and all that. Is it something that's openly talked about within your group of lads? Well, yeah, it is to be fair. It is to be fair. A few of the lads have been down in our group. You know what Definitely. I mean? Glad to hear that. And, and and we've talked about it. You know what I mean? And. It's funny because sometimes I ask myself, I've never been there, you know, and, and, and it's like, how, how strong can it be? But your mind can be like the strongest fucking thing ever, you know? So, like, that, that, that bit of training, like, that bit of feel good factor, isn't it? Like, if, you're, if you wake up at 11 in the morning, you're like, oh, your hair's not washed, not feeling this or not. You go to the gym for an hour, do a bit of a training session, 
have a shower, have a wash, come back out. You're like thirty percent better than fifty percent, probably a hundred percent better than what you were before you went in. You know, mm. so that that bit of training, whether it be boxing or that, it's great for anyone's mindset. You know what I mean? Especially especially mental health because a, a lot of people are afraid to go to these places and and stuff like that. Where if they do, the the training was it's brilliant. You know what I mean? So well, I felt when I walked into the club, the the first of all the welcome, yeah, uh, the atmosphere. Yeah. You know I mean? and then you've got the training there on top of nothing intimidating about it. I would recommend no, anyone no, to go no, to these clubs there's it, a social element as well you know if Joe Bloggs come show that door tomorrow and I'm skipping I believe in Peter Pan I'm going to say hello you know what I mean that's that's that, that's just the way we are in the gym I think it's a welcome gym everyone gets on with everyone you've nothing to hide nothing to be afraid of come in have a yab have a training session that, that that's the way it is you know like if if you don't get to know someone on on the Monday again Friday you could be you, you could be having the app with them you know what I mean that's that that's that's just right. the way it is so I I I feel we as I said some of the boys have been in that category before where they've been down years ago and stuff like that and they've lost friends to and that so we 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 do talk about it a little yeah definitely savage what's the one thing you'd like to change about but if you could change one thing about boxing what would it be Jeez, that's a good good question as in. Probably the weight, the weight, the weight advantages. The categories, is it? <laughs> yeah. Less, less, less making weight. No, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I think years ago they changed like the 15 rounds to the 12 rounds. But I think that was for the better, man. You couldn't be doing 15 rounds nowadays, could you? I couldn't do fucking you know, three. You barely do three myself at the, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think the money. I, ju- I just think the promo- I just think that the the promoters are slaves balls, and there has to be more money. The fighters should get the money. They just should. Just, yeah, no, just, for me, it needs to be more money in it. That that can be, especially in Ireland. Especially, in Ireland. listen. The, the gig is when you start down this game. It's not. It's not for the money. It's for the love of the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's the way it is. Is that changing though? Like with the likes of Conor McGregor and all these kind of MMA, Bellator, is the like with football with the Premier League is. Is stardom a greater attraction now than the love of the the, the game? Yeah, you could say that, but again, it, 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 it's at the level you're at. You know what I mean? These kids nowadays are at the top level. The money in boxing is crazy. You know what I mean? This Eddie Hearn fella has has a place out in America now. This does disowned him. Yeah, yeah. They're paying fellas playing two and three minutes a fight. Like it's crazy. Like Wilder, I think Wilder's with uh, Showtime, and for his last fight, and Eddie Hearn's up in like fifteen mil to. To drop showtime and come to the zone. It seems he had a meeting with his manager with the zone there like yesterday or something to, to do the deal. So you have showtime at the building from the start and he's basically gonna fuck them aside for the fifteen million. Now now the flip side of that is he has a family and he has to look out for them, you know what I mean? Oh, but, look, it's a business at the end of the day. Yeah, because as you said, the promoters are doing them, but there's a lot of there's a lot of money in and 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 it turns people's heads. But sometimes when you get to the stage where if you if, if you can make the money like and you can go after the money with them and that's where you want to go you know what I'll I mean go for it I'm just saying kids are a young age getting into it you got into it because you love it and you, you still love it yeah like when I've coached kids soccer, GA and boxing there's no comparison to the coaching kids boxing they just love it you can yeah. ask them to jump on the leg for two hours and they do it yeah the kids I've coached with soccer probably just the kids I coach maybe was all about playing for the A team going up to the net it wasn't just oh this is show you we just want to yeah you know different attitude yeah well nowadays I think I think 90% of boxers starting off especially when you're at that small thing and they know the money's not there that's just for the love of it you know what I mean but as I said as you get along and you get bigger and the name gets bigger and you start getting decent fights I think that's when the money starts coming to you know what I mean Mm. but as I said at that stage you can't blame them because they have to put roof out of 
over the heads and just oh, back out. You know what I mean? yeah, like the, the, the there's so the many people nowadays, Matty, that they have started from scratch. They're probably boxing from their eight years of age yeah. and leave the game when they're 32, 3, 4, 5 and have full goal. You know what I mean? Health problems, fucking gargling, fucking yeah, like, you know invested I mean? like, their life in this. You can best believe I, I, I could go and get a job tomorrow and get six, seven hundred quid a week. Yeah. And and if you add that up over the course of five or six years, you know what I mean? When it, yeah. it could be a hundred, two hundred grand where you might not get that old boxing. As I said, only four or five percent get to the top, you know what I mean? So, But back to what you said a few minutes ago, Craig, you're doing something that you love. Well, this is the other thing. As I said to you earlier, it, it changed me for the better. Yeah. And I'm doing it because I love it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm doing it I'm doing it because it keeps me headstrong and keeps me keeps me in, 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 in the zone, you know what I mean, type thing. So, no, if I get money over in the end, it'd be brilliant, you know what I mean? But if not, it's changed me for the better and, and, and I wouldn't change anything for, for it, you know what I mean? It's been great with me, boxing. Boxing's been great with me. And any kids out there, anyone... Any parents that's that's listening to this now, like put put them into a sport, whether it be boxing or whatever it be, you know. So not not even for when they're twenty or thirty, but for the younger years, mixing with kids and traveling around different places and meeting new friends and going to these the, these shows and traveling the country and and stuff. It's great. It's great for the kids. It gives them great discipline and learns them and teaches them a lot, you know. So Deadly. What's the one thing though that you'd like people to take away from this interview after listening to you? I think you just finished on that by saying all that. Is there anything else that you'd like to, yeah, no, to take away? As I said, just that. Like, I, I my own little fella, and, and at the moment he's not. I had him in the gym today, but he's not. He's not too keen on doing it, you know. But hopefully, in the next year or two, he does it. And as I said, if it's just a, as I said to you earlier, ninety percent of boxers I think are just are just nice because they because they get disciplined at, at that young age, and when they come into a gym, as I said, you, you see the respect and all there, and mm. just kids. Kids that can get that, you know what I mean? My little fella learning that when he's 15, 16, 17, having that little bit of respect and and that being nice to his elders or whatever it may be and not being cheeky and things like that, you know, just just uh, sport-wise, it's great for kids to do it and I'd love to see more kids doing it. There's a lot, there's a lot of coaches out there in the amateur level that, that get paid nothing and they're giving their time up and two and three hours a night to go up and help kids, you know what I mean? So, yeah, just just... Just like that, you know. As as I said, this for for, for kids to fucking to to discipline them and, and better them and stuff like that, you know. Deadly. Well, I'm just mindful. Your your team are coming on the telly here, Liverpool. I didn't want to say I'm a United supporter before we started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, KML. Before you kicked me out of fucking gap, I kept that quiet. Whip them mics. I know. <laughs> me laptop's going out the fucking window. <laughs> Come here, Craig, the Iron O'Brien. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks so much man. for coming uh, on the podcast. I really appreciate you inviting me down to your gaff. It's deadly. Brilliant, man. And uh, I wish you all the best. You're a fighting career, man. You're a top dog. Top dog, bro. Kill, man. Top man. Thanks for having me. You know, I really appreciate it. Nice one, man. Top man, man. Top man. Legend. Okay, so there wraps up another tremendous interview. As always, I'd like to thank my supports, Noel Royley from Rooney Media. Noel has been in the graphic design business the last 20 years and producing quality work. For the last couple of years, they've been the chief graphic design for the college prospectus at UCD. Um, I've been using his services the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, producing posters for health and fitness stuff and always, always produces quality work. So check those guys out. Also, my old pal Carolyn Harvey from ISA Nutrition. For anybody interested in dropping body fat, gaining muscle, maintaining a healthy body weight, getting rid of some nutritional ailments, she's your woman. If you're also interested in competing bodybuilding competition, male or female, I would recommend her. I am currently working with Carolyn Harvey 
and the success has been phenomenal i have done a review already and i plan to do more but if nutrition and strength condition that area is something that you'd like to get coaching or advice on i would check it out and the prices are really really good really good better than a lot that's out there so i recommend you check her out also miel crew kevin doyle sound editing and just producing and just support absolutely legend kevin and miel mate aaron kyo social media lads are brilliant the team uh would be lost without you okay so that just leaves me to thank my listeners thanks a lot for listening i will urge you please 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 share this with family and friends we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the kind of podcasts, mediums that are out there. We're, we're on them right the way across. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, so check us out on that. Please go on to iTunes. Please subscribe. Please leave a delicious review. We love it. Absolutely love it. So that's all the plugging I'm going to do for this podcast. As always, I will say to you, please show yourself compassion. Please spend some time with love and kindness in your life because if you are kind and loving to yourself you will project that to the rest of the world and if we can all could do that a small percentage of our day the place would be a nice nice place to live right wherever you are in the world mind yourself have a great day bye bye